This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Welcome to Manawatu Conversations, recollections of the past and sometimes opinions about the future. Today we have with us Bob Stewart, Bruce Markwell, and I'm Stuart Burks. Now, Bob, you're an interesting character as far as, from my perspective anyway, and I could just, if I could just ask you, if you could give us a, a backgrounding as to where you came from to start off with and how you, how you got to um, your academic area, if you like, and your, uh, yeah, if you could just let us know. And um. Well, uh, I was born in Wellington, uh, 1939, and I went to local schools, to Karori School, uh, Kandala School and then Karori School and then my mother unfortunately my father died when I was seven years old and um, but my mother remarried when I was about 12 and um, we went to live in uh, the Manawatu out past Colleton uh, on a farm and I went to boarding school to Christ College uh, along with my brother Michael um, he was a year and a half younger than I so I had years in um, uh, at Christ College about five years um, and then was fortunate to get an AFS scholarship to go to the United States which was one of the the, the most brilliant things that had happened to me in my life actually and, and the AFS is AF, American American Field Service yeah. which involved what? It involved a year in the inner community in the states, in my case in Wisconsin, which is just north of Chicago, and staying with a family. Um, these are sort of 17, 18 year old um, kids, um, and uh, just joining in, went to the local high school, graduated as a senior in their program, which was a four year program. Um, and uh, did so many things and then at the end of the year we had a extensive tour around the United States which is brilliant and came back and then um, had a little bit of time so I worked in um, the Palmerston North Hospital as a porter for about four months which was again quite interesting um, I had two days peeling the potatoes <laughs> two, <laughs> two days delivering the milk and uh, what's how many left? Two, two more days, three more days. Uh, no, right. Anyway, the balance of the time was um, as a porter, uh, and um, then uh, in a few months later, I went started off at Victoria on a BA, in um, and then quite quickly became absolutely entranced with psychology, and that was sort of has been my life passion is really psychology, I would say. Um, <clears throat> and so I graduated at Victoria, which was then actually part of the University of New Zealand, which is mm. something which, which is rather bizarre, but it's, um, it was in fact the case that they were all one university, but different colleges. 
Um, and then I started looking around, what do I do next kind of thing, and um, got a scholarship for two years in the Midwest, actually in Ohio, at a, at a university, looking at um, basically getting into a good graduate school, post-grad school. And it took a little bit of persistence, but I eventually got into Harvard, which can't get much better than that. No, so, no, it's a, a good book. Yeah, and it was amazing because the people that had been kind of my heroes in terms of really interested in psychology, their names are all on the ground floor in the building that we they occupied. I mean, literally, like world-class people. And... Um, so I, I did a, a master's degree in, in um, human development, which is really psychology as applied to growing up, you know, changing changes over life. And on the strength of that, um, here I was about 22, 23, something like that, I was appointed a, a lecturer in psychology at um, Carlton University in Ottawa. So by then I'd bought myself a... A um, great big American car <laughs> with great big fins in the back, and and so I drove this great big tank up to Ottawa, and I had it for a while there, and um, so that it cost me about three hundred dollars to buy this car um, because I didn't I had and then I I didn't but I didn't have three hundred dollars, so I I asked the bank at the where I was going to lend me $300. <laughs> uh, so I had a very interesting year there and I was immediately thrown into the deep end. I mean, I, there was like a 100-level course in uh, with 300 students and, oh, well, you're doing that in a week's time, you know. Mm. So what are your plans kind of thing? And so, and you were relatively young at that well, point, I was 20, from the point of view of becoming a lecturer. 23 anyway. or something. Mm. <laughs> so that was sort of interesting. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it um, and then I, I got a crazy notion that I wanted to do medicine which was a total waste of time but I, after that I actually got admitted to McGill University Medical School and had one year and I, it took me only one year to realise that this wasn't me at all I was really, psychology was my thing so I came back to New Zealand sort of as a little bit of a actually I just got a boat trip back which took takes about six weeks which is kind of a holiday you mm, know, mm. which people don't enjoy nowadays but they, it was really quite an occasion you'd have a wonderful well you know cruise yeah. for just the price of an airfare I suppose equivalent of an airfare in those days so anyway and then I, I was sort of went back to my to Colleton where you know, I grew up as a teenager and was sort of there and, and, and sort of trying to decide what to do. And they said, oh, why don't you go and talk to the people at Massey, you know, who've got this all this experience and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I, I went and talked to them and they were, you know, really interested in in this. And um, I got almost on, on the spot. I got offered a job and they said, well, look, you know, the deal was, you know, that you can do your PhD in sort of university time, and and obviously you have a full teaching load like everyone else. But everyone's supposed to be doing research, so I did that, and Julie got the PhD, which I'd sort of really um, formulated when I was at Harvard. 
So the advantage I had was that I had access to the top people in that discipline. I, I actually did a factor analysis, um, which is sort of, well, Stuart knows all about mm-hmm. that, um, which at that stage there was no computer in New Zealand that could handle the number because we had 400 variables and that was actually quite a lot to be doing a factor analysis on and so I I contacted my old statistics teacher in at Harvard and said would he run it through the, um, I'd give him all the punched cards which of course is what we used in those days and so I mailed all these punched cards over to Cambridge, Massachusetts he duly did the analysis and sent back great big you know the old big sheets of print out that you'd get and from that I worked out I was able to do the factors and I came up with 12 factors which described um, 400 cultures throughout the world you know mainly just across the board and um, it was it was sort of of its day it was quite and it was actually eventually the thesis was published by Yale University um, and um, uh, and then I was offered a job by one of these people, who's, who's a, a Raymond B. Cattell, who's a prominent factor analysis, factor analyst, and um, a psychologist. But it didn't quite fit into things. But anyway, I by then I took my family because I got married and two children, uh, two boys, and headed back um, to North America and had about three really great years in um, Ontario um, in, uh, in, at Laurentian University which is uh, in, the state, in the province of Ontario and then got an offer to co- go to the University of the South Pacific where I had um, a colleague who I'd known at, at, um, previously at Massey um, the University of South Pacific is based in Fiji that's the one that's right. yeah. yep. so we went from the Arctic Circle um, to the tropics <laughs> and I'll tell you which one I, I prefer I think yeah. but we, we enjoyed the, the sort of winter thing we did all sorts of um, our two family as a family we went out we lived right on a lake and we, we did cross country skiing and we had the skis at the back door in the snow and you just stick them on, stick them on the kids, and they loved it. And we just went across the lake; it was all frozen ice, like that kind of thing. Um, and uh, so, so that that was that was good. And then, um, um, what happened after that? Um, oh well, we went to the University of the South Pacific, and that was the the best experience I ever had in academia. From what point of from what point of view? It was so. What made it different? It was so so challenging. Um, It was the country. It was the university for twelve nations, independent United Nations nations, you know, around the Pacific. It covered a geographic area the same as the size of Europe entire. So it was a university Mm -hmm. for an area the size of Europe. I mean, okay, so most of it's water, but. Anyway, and they thought they had very groundbreaking technology because they had um, a satellite link, with which was sort of, I suppose for the day, was quite advanced. And we did tutorials from Suva. So that satellite link was coming through America, or 
No, it was... It, direct. They had, it was direct, yeah, to the different centres. They had university centres in all of the um, the places like Samoa, um, Apia and um, yep. uh, Nukolofo and so on and across the western side. And this was about when? This was, ah, this is where my little sheet comes in <laughs> handy here. Um, that was 1978 I, I went to Suva. Um, and eventually um, I, I, I ran a, a course in um, human development which was, a, which was a required course for a lot of students and out of that came a book which I'll, people can't see it and so our Sorry. title is Pacific Profiles Personal Experiences of 100 South Pacific Islanders and that was edited by myself because it was really, the course was really um, gr- uh, life from conception to death. And I even had a, a, one lecture on um, um, concepts about possible life after death and so on um, in different traditions. Um, but anyway, I got them, the students, to actually write about something which had made an emotional impact on them growing up. And it was it was really to, to kind of get them thinking about their own backgrounds and so on. And they, of course, came from, uh, most of them had good English, but they had their own native languages as well. But the comments were very, very um, um, poignant, very um, edgy, quite amazing comments. So I, I got the idea that we should actually write put them in, in a book and it was published and it was sort of something of a bestseller in, in the South Pacific. Yes, such as? Such as. Well, to give you example, um, um, they wrote about different stages of their life. Um, um, one, um, the, a mother's grief, um, the... the, the um, the mixed feelings on starting school, the odd man out, um, to serve with love, falling in love with their teacher, um, adopted son, son uh, um, sort of cross um, ethnic adoption, catching jellyfish, contempt, and uh, all of them I've indicated who, whether they were Indo Fijian or um, Samoan or Kiribati, Kiribati or Nirvana or two or whatever um, and um, my own boss by a Fijian a disastrous fishing trip Indo-Fijian my teacher of love Tongan um, overweight Fijian my beautiful goal shooter uh, Indo-Fijian some of them were quite um, explicit would be one word mm. for them mm. um, but very very um the, you know, it it was, it was very, um, it was. Uh, what would be the word? I'm struggling. I, I think um, authentic would be the word. Some of them would be quite personal as well. Very personal. They? Yeah. they were. They, they were. You have to be a little bit cautious in editing to make sure that, you know, they weren't being identified as such, if you like. That's mm. true, and that was an option. They, they didn't. They could. Um, you know, be identified or not. Uh, I think actually most of them were not. I think we we. We did that. 
but ev every one of them, of course, got a copy of this, yeah. and it was um, um, the um, uh, one um, my my first day behind bars. Young young man who ended up in jail. Um, it takes a lot of guts. Um, as one of the dancers representing her country, Western Samoa. Um, and then uh, having a tattoo, um, all sorts of amazing stuff, really. Were these all coursework assignments was, that they'd done? Or? Yes, and obviously it was, it was really to utilise the, what they learnt about the different stages of life. You know, it sort of brought life to, to what we were doing. You know, it was the actual personal uh, reality, the mm. reality of, mm. of life for different people and um, I, that was why I thought it was important to share it because um, it, it, and actually Albert Went, who was um, well known as he wrote a very a very strong you know, right. um, recommendation about it um, so that was that was exciting but anyway with US wire like USP it was that sort of thing which was was brilliant and they were we lived right on campus in the houses that the uh, New Zealand um, Air Force had and um, um, the I, I got involved in administration and discovered I quite enjoyed it. I was sort of made head of, head of one of the schools and I ended up um, Deputy Vice-Chancellor for about two years which and I quite enjoyed that too and then we had a conference on peace in the international if I could just come back to that period when you were um, uh, Deputy Vice-Chancellor. Yes. Um, that was about the time that Ramboka or somebody, yeah. there was a coup <laughs> there and it was, a, you, I can remember you telling me something about an incident that happened oh, when you well, were trying to get out of the environment of the university. and yeah. That's right. Well, the first coup, uh, when it happened, of course we had a lot of um, India Indo-Fijians who were on the staff and they quite naturally were incredibly apprehensive about you know their families and seeing everything was safe and all they wanted to do was to get out of the university but some clown had locked the gates to the university and um, anyway somehow or other without any authorization at all um, totally ultra vires I got hold of a bolt cutter and I just cut them and I thought, oh, there's got to be some something. I'm going to get in the neck for this, you know. And anyway, the only response I got, then they, they just left, and the relief was, you know, just to get out. And then it was, it was. I just felt that it was a mistake that they they they'd done this, you know. And I just thought it was. I mean, it was an emergency situation. I thought, well, I'll just do this. I'll take. It. I'll wear what happens. But anyway, about two weeks later. The Vice-Chancellor um, saw me from a distance and he went like this with a very solemn face. Now, what was that? Two fingers Two together? Two fingers waved. Which, which means what? Don't You shouldn't have yeah, done that? And have, don't do it again. Have, and don't okay. do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so there's not often you can do that to a Vice-Chancellor and so on. Yes. But... Um, no, he was he was an Englishman actually. He was very um, he we got along quite very well together. Um, but so, how long did you sp uh, spend at the university? I had um, twelve years there. 
12 years. Mm. Yeah. And um, then eventually, um, I had to really think of my teen, my two boys were entering uh, adolescence, and I had to think of sort of getting them, you know, into schools. I mean, there, there were some reasonable schools there, but they could never really, in a sort of way, have a long-term, unless they'd chosen to live in Fiji. They, they, their place was really back in New Zealand. Um, so anyway, we came back to Palmerston North, where we, we had, had still kept our house, actually, which we'd had from before when I was at Massey. And um, one, one of my sons went to Boys High and the other to uh, Awatapu. And um, it all worked out pretty well for them. Um, um, and, uh, but it was, it was quite coming back, as I say, I was 49 and a half, something like that. And as we were talking before the recording, um, it was a little bit in doubt for a while as to whether I would get the state servants superannuation. And that was quite pertinent because um, I no longer, of course, had a salary from the university. And while I had some, um, real, I'd already sort of got a bit involved in the real estate, and I had that, but, and that was, but it was just chugging along. And um, but anyway, they decided yes, I could get it. Um, uh, first of all, they and I wrote to them in Fiji from Fiji, and they said that's fine, no trouble. I know you're not 50, but you're pretty close to it, and so that's fine. But someone in New Zealand suddenly wrote to me after we'd arrived and said that I wasn't going to get it. And so anyway, we we objected to this, and that was fine. And so I and then um, I. Um, um, ran for elec election um, with the Palmerston North City Council and that proved to be a very interesting um, 10 years that I had doing that because I think where it all fitted in I mean A, it was, it was nice to have the money which I actually needed at that stage but B, um, it, was, it was dealing with organisations and what I discovered was that when I was sort of Head of school and vice deputy vice chancellor, I was I became quite fascinated with the way organisations work, and the the uh, well you you might relate to the Stuart um, that um, um, being in a positions like in in a university is like herding chickens. Um, herding cats is the term. Herding cats. <laughs> yes. oh, heard now the gender Which is harder. <laughs> yeah. Now cats the gender would, has changed. Yeah. Cats would probably be harder to yes. herd than yeah. chickens, wouldn't they? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think it's so. Um, but anyway, so um, and then I, you know, and then I thought, well, I'll, you know, what about local body politics? How? What would that be like? So that was kind of fascinating, you know. And I enjoyed that, and we did. Um, some interesting things. Actually, working with Gavin, who Gavin was in Gavin Lees. Gavin yes. Lees, um, as Stuart and I are Rotarians, and Gavin is one of, and we're all Rotarians. Um, and um, Gavin was my council officer in economic development, and I was chair of the economic committee. So we were kind of a team years ago. Um, mm. So that was we had had quite a few laughs together over the years. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. Now you said that gave you some income. Did it pay a lot being not a councillor? Not very much. No, not very much. But um, it was it was kind of um, 
it, it was, you know, it, what with, I mean, I, I had had already had started on the real estate thing, but it was, it, 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 you know, we were we were okay, but we weren't flush at that stage. Um, so but, were you doing that full time, or were you still involved? In well, you were doing some no, the other other work, or well, the other thing I did, which I've done for fifty years now, is edit a journal in um, social psychology and personality. Um, and um, that has that also pro- did provide income. It's, it's quite um, su- su- you know quite yeah, substantial. Yeah. So that was a major thing that I was doing. Because being a, um, a city councillor back then was looked upon as being a part time sort of oh, occupation rather than a full time occupation. It, wa- it and, was because and therefore the funds probably wouldn't have been all that great. I no, they weren't. Mm. And I didn't. You know, it was really more um, the service thing, but. The 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 um, journal uh, has been operating now for, as I say, for fifty years, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's on the basis of um, author contributions, you know, to 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 uh, it's um, uh, to pay. So it is actually a, a, a you know does produce sure. income. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so that each published paper they pay or they, submitted paper they pay no each each published one okay here and what what are the fees out of it oh uh, we currently yes um gosh now what are they oh it's, they're quite substantial um i i've got now a team of 10 people who run the journal i'm just i'm well i'm sort of the <laughs> well, and their payments cover the salaries that the contributors. Yes, yes. Okay. No, it's 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 actually um, a, a very quite profitable enterprise. I have to say, apart from the fact that it's also very interesting too. Um, but um, yeah, so so anyway, so I had a sort of portfolio of things. This is part one of four. Tune in next week for part two. Thank you for listening to Manuatu Conversations. This and other recent programs can also be found on the Manuatu People's Radio website and a range of programs is also available on the Manuatu Heritage website of the Palmerston North City Archive. The address for that is manuatuheritage.pncc.govt.nz Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.